Good day, friends. Welcome to the Swimming in the Ocean of Consciousness podcast. I'm your host, Elcio Eber, transformational author, speaker, and life coach. Allow me to be a guide as you discover your higher self and your magic within. Good day, Lana, and thank you for joining me on Swimming in the Ocean of Consciousness podcast. I'm very happy to have you. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. I always start the show by introducing my guests, so I'd like for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do, and then I, we can go from how we met, and then I'll kind of introduce you to what I'm doing right now. Okay, great. Well, my name is Lana Monday, and I am a professor. I work in visual arts and communications. I also do quite a bit of work with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, a lot of digital work, online video, you know, different things like that. Yeah. Um, I also do a little bit of other freelancing for other clients as well. Again, all digital media. And I've been doing this several years. I worked in television for a long time before I made the move over into education. And I've worked in industry as well. So, and I'm just, I'm a huge supporter of, positive thinking, which I know you are too. (laughs) (laughs) So that's probably a a very brief synopsis. I've got, I have a 16 year old daughter who is in the process of getting her driver's license and it scares the dickens out of me, but (laughs) I think most parents would feel that way. (laughs) Interesting time. Yeah. in her life as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And, you know, this kind of leads us back, I guess, to how we started met with this positive thinking and the work we both kind of aspire to do. And remember from some of our conversations before, you even mentioned that that we're sort of like spiritual siblings. We seem to have a good connection and we just hit it off because our minds were flowing. I'm going to put it that way. Then our minds were flowing in the same stream. Right. And that's... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just, I'm absolutely agreeing with you. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's part of, you know, they talk about like attracts like, and I think that holds very true for mindset. And I think sometimes when you have people with similar mindset, they eventually just kind of find their way to each other. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's very magnetic. It's very magnetic. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that, we met at uh, one of Sharon Lecter's workshop down in Arizona. Right. Right. And Sharon, she's fabulous. I just, I absolutely I love her. Yes. Yes. I love, I love her, Michael Gling. And it's, it's just amazing. And I also think, you know, the fact that she connected with the, like you said, the, the Napoleon Hill Foundation, mm-hmm. feeding the, the, the devil thing. I was, I just, yes, I was really happy and to be a part of that. I grew so much from that experience. Right. And it's so nice to be surrounded by people again, of a similar mindset, even though maybe your goals are a little bit different. You know, there is always something good that comes from it in that you take home contacts and you take home like a renewed, it's almost like a renewed interest in things and it it helps you to really zero in on your purpose. So, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic events. Yes. And, you know, that, that kind of would bring us full circle to me introducing you to Swimming in the Ocean of Consciousness, because that's a title we, we have right now working for the teaching memoir that I'm publishing. And this podcast is part of that. And it's intended to help introduce me to the world as an author, speaker, and life coach. And 
I'm basically using the podcast is going to speak of the subjects and topics that we cover within the book, but also to separately be able to share the philosophy of self-cultivation and the work that we all need to do within self. Like one of my previous guests, Dr. Martin, I said, you know, it already begins with self-love LCO. And I said, yeah, it's simple as that. <laughs> all that we want to do and all that goes out from us into the world really begins with self-love. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I don't, I think that so many people are conditioned to, you know, you're put in a box a lot of times when you grow up because your parents want you to almost, you know, they want you most of the time to do well, but you end up in a box in that sometimes they want to live their dreams through their children. Yeah. Mm. And, and they condition them, you know, in that manner. And I think sometimes that leads to self-neglect. And, you know, when you talk about really trying to dig in and have self-care, I think that's one of the most neglected things that in general humanity, you know, does. I think that we neglect our self-care a lot. A lot. You know, and it's funny you mention that because that will allow me then to kind of share. And this is kind of one of the things I do on the show is because it's so much consciousness, depending on where the conversation goes, I like just flowing with honesty and truth. Right. My own self process that I go through. And mm-hmm. so for me, like when you mentioned that, my heart and mind stream forth as if it were the current that pulled me back to my past and something that I recently finally was able to face and grow from. Right. That is, like you said, when parents relative to their kids and some of the traumas that are happened to us with children because of the reality of the home we grew up into or the environment that we grew up under. And I'm now learning to be okay, like you said, living from my perspective who I am and not with the pressures of who the family or society that I came from expected for me to be. And I think I think that happens so much more than what we realize. And a lot of people, they're not even aware, you know, mm-hmm. that they're you know, potentially living their parents' dreams or, yes. you know, and because I talk to students all the time, they come in and out my door and they're like, we well, you know, my mom wants me to be an attorney or my dad thinks I should be an architect, but their true love falls in with the arts. So yeah. how do you express that to young students? You know, hey, it's okay to be different. It's okay to not necessarily follow your parents' dreams because you've got to come to grips with being your own self and being true to yourself. Because if you're not, you wind up in your own personal created jail down the road. I mean, none of us want to get to the end of our lives and be like, oh, well, I wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that, you know. No, very true. And, you know, that's funny because I always joke with people right now and I say, hey, this is my third chapter. And they're like, come on, else we talking further. Yeah, no, I, I, as a child going into you're talking those young students, there, that's chapter one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second chapter was that last 20 something years of my life leading to my divorce, which led to, you know, like you saw me driving cross country with a dog lost one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> job interview that I was promised drove to Michigan. They chose a local person thinking I, I wouldn't want to be in that so much of winter, went to South Carolina, Georgia, realized I didn't even want to be in the South, but it's a process. And, but I want to bring it full circle because of what you were saying earlier, you come to that point, and for me, I feel like I have spent the last 25 plus years living my passion, 
but not who I am or what my God-given gift is. And I think that fall under the spectrum where you and I swim in the same ocean together. That connection we have is where my gift is. A teaching professional tennis health fitness that I did for so long, I was doing it because that's the family business I grew up in. That's, right, right. You know, and, and so like it's, I think I, I always wanted to do kind of this. I always wanted to do what I'm doing now and to be able to share and to be able to. And you're finally doing it. <laughs> and isn't that funny? Like, it's like how long, like, look how long we've known each other. You've been talking about trying to get something going. And oh, yeah. I, I, I couldn't make a decision and I, I couldn't do both simultaneously. So I was still trying to be that professional tennis health fitness person, but this is really all what I was really trying to do. And then one day I had this reckoning a few months ago and it, like something grew within from that, all of the self-reflection work I did where spirit seemed to connect with me and I felt and heard something say, no, now it's time to live this blended life with spirit. Yeah, it's time to live for you and, and yeah. do live yeah. your purpose. <laughs> yes, thank you. You live my purpose. and <laughs> But it's funny how 25 years, so in terms of students coming in and, and not knowing or doing the wrong thing, I would say, you know, try to, to be brave enough and courageous enough. If you have that connection in your heart, you have to live from that place because you don't want to look back 20, 25 years and have lived a life, career, and that's really not who you are, what you really Absolutely. Do. I could not agree more. Absolutely. And that's the point I was trying to make to some of the students here. You know, if your heart is in doing design work and you love doing that, and here's what I tell them to. If you can sit down and spend hours and hours working on a project and to you, I mean, you just get lost in it. And yeah. that's probably in line with what your purpose is, you know, because you have that love and that passion for it. It's not drudgery. It's, you know, meaningful work to you. And, and you like seeing the outcome of your designs and, you know, or your video or whatever it is that you're working on. When you lose yourself and it's no longer work, then that's really, to me, a point where you're supposed to be because that's where we're all trying to get. We're all trying to get to, you know, that point in life that where we enjoy doing what we work at every day because then it's not work. It's fulfillment. It's living your passion, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, absolutely right. And I can even maybe bring it back to this perspective for you because it's exactly what you're saying is – Let's say 25 years ago, my gift and passion was wrapped into becoming a tennis health and fitness professional and doing right. the best of my ability. But that's like you're saying, it was so much fun for me that it wasn't work. It was just, I loved it. I did it. I, but from that, it became over time, gosh, another hour. Do I really want to go out there? And <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> but I, it took a while for me to come to the point to realize you're no longer happy doing this and try to ask yourself why instead of, right. feeling, you know, it was outside. And when I had to do that mirror work, that reflection with myself, I come to realize who I was inside was dying. I was suffocating who I really was. And I was giving so much time, energy out. And I love them all, but to all these customers and clients. And I realized the more you give to certain customer clients, the more they'll take from you, the more time, the more energy they'll demand. And you lose yourself along that way. And I found myself not loving what I was doing and just sort of doing it because it brought in money and I could survive off of it. But I was 
so lost of myself and in reality who I really was in myself when I close my eyes and I take a deep breath and I meditate or I lay in a pillow before I go to bed, that self that I connect to was not. Right. Was not happy, yeah. Right. And I think, you know, we all evolve at different stages in our life, you know, and I, and even myself, I'm going through, you know, my own internal evolution of sorts in that I'm still thrashing out my exact purpose. Like I love being in education. I love doing arts. You know, I enjoy graphic design, all these different things and helping other people. And then I keep trying to mesh it on my end with, you know, identifying exactly my true 100% without a doubt purpose. Yeah. And I'm getting there. Like you just, it takes a lot of self reflection. It takes time that you had to spend on yourself that normally you would spend on, as you say, clients or students or whoever otherwise. And I think, you know, everybody's guilty of that at one time or another, because, you know, people, you try to make a living and do what you need to do, but, Sometimes just those daily things can get in the way. Absolutely. And, and if it's okay, I'd like to take this moment as a, you know, like, because we're both coming from our education background, a teachable moment. Because my other podcast I did with Dr. Martin, we talked about at one point how we, we find ourselves in the decision we make to move forward from there. And coming back to how we connect ourselves to mm-hmm. that time we take for self. It's like, you know, he was asking Elcio, what does the world need right now? What would you say to someone that the world needs right now for us all to go to that conscious state of place where we can evolve naturally, willingly? Because as we learn new information, we're not at a, a place where we're fighting it or resisting it or ashamed of it, but that true spectrum of rays of light can come in, filter, and knock from in us what it shouldn't be there out and let that loving light come in. And from that place, we become lighthouses of hope that we can then push forward that light to the world and then continue that process of transformation into the world so that darkness does not have the mass of the way with the light, but we come from a place. And that was a very complicated question from him. But, you know, I was like, okay, that's what we always say, because of self-love, but Mm-hmm. It's like, the, how ready is the world or are we one-on-one to have those difficult conversations with ourselves and each other that it takes for such transformation to happen? And back to your question, like, how, how ready is it to, for you to look in the mirror and, and say, okay, Lana, what's going on here? Uh, you know, like when I, when I said, hey, Elsia, this, this isn't working, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm so unhappy. Why? why you loved what you're doing, but you, you're unhappy in, in the moments of it. And, and right. to be honest with myself, it was difficult for me to come to those terms. And then that's when I started reflecting on other aspects of life and how much, like, it's back at the, how much of childhood stayed with me that I felt compelled to do that yeah. versus being brave and courageous enough to let it go and say, hey, you did it for 25 years. Maybe we can transform and evolve into something new and try a different avenue finding peace with self that you did that to a successful point. You've touched lives and now we can try to move on and be something else. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the most difficult things that people undergo, especially, you know, as your, your goals change. I mean, we all go through the seasons of life and things around us change. Our influences change. Our 
inner circle changes. And then that in turn creates, I think, sometimes a different mindset for us. And that just that makes me even think about like one of the great things, especially like with meeting you, has been that similar mindset, like, you know, just having people that you can bounce things off of. And it's like, you know what? You're not crazy. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that a lot of times people miss the boat on that. You know, they don't put enough thought or enough work into finding quality people that are, you know, going to help them. And when I say help, I mean, from a support perspective, from a bouncing ideas off of each other perspective. You know, and that's really, that's what it is when I try to, why I like using the term swimming the ocean of consciousness, because it's like, we're going to thread water together. And Mm -hmm. We started on the seashore and I said, hey, Lana, let's go for a swim. And you're like, all right, let's do it. So we jumped yeah. <laughs> well, right off of the shore. There's, there's all this murkiness mixed with the, the, the little muddiness of the water. The sea moss and all this stuff. I said, come on, we can do it. We go, yeah. two, let's go five, two minutes out. We just swim out there. You get away from all <laughs> that muck and you get into the clear, open water and you can really see the bottom and you can be, but it's so deep. I don't want to go. You can do it. Be brave. Yeah. And that's in, okay, that leaving that shore is that, you know, leaving spirit into life. And now you got to go into that murkiness. That's the ego state of being. And to separate, consciously to separate from the ego state or the muddy waters into the conscious layer of the water. It's just to swim out to that layer where you can begin to see the bottom where you're free from the moss and all of the, the rift that hangs out close to the surface area. And then you go into the unconscious and into the deeper of nothingness, which connects the source. Oh, and that's such a good analogy. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. I mean, that's really. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a good it's, it's, analogy. It's one I've been using to try to, to help people to see it from a place where, you know, we're all on the seashore. We're all tangled into the mud. We've got so much weed in our, in our shoes and the sea moss and all these leaves. But if you're brave enough to go into the depths of yourself, if you're brave enough to look into the mirror of life and reflect into you, you can swim outward past all of those isms and should-ofs and judgments of yourself and from peers and from family and from circles and from society and everything that tells you you're not good enough and you're too fat, you're too ugly, this is not for you, this is a nice idea, but this is not going to happen for you. If you can get past all of that, if you can right. be brave enough to, uh, let's say, not get, how do you get past it? We got to endure it. If you're brave enough to endure it mm-hmm. and let it come in, but not mm-hmm. let it stay. And that's the filtration system of being coming consciously to separate yourself from the muddy waters. Are you brave enough? You have to go through accepting, I do have mud on me. I do have some slime. I have to go wash. Right. <laughs> no, but to say, no, I, I don't get mud on me. It's like, I have this resistance. And when the, the mud comes, it just slides. You know, it's like, okay, well, you know, it's going to stick to the pores. <laughs> it's going to go in your skin. Yeah. <laughs> but but wait, not many people are comfortable accepting that, okay, maybe my upbringing wasn't the best. And maybe I, I learned some things. And maybe that, that marriage was uh, not the right ideal. Maybe I took this from that. And, and you know what? Like, Maybe I am a person that breaks the peer pressure. I didn't realize that. Uh, maybe I'm a bully. I didn't know I was a bully. I just thought I thought. You know, it's just to grow. Yeah. We have to look at ourselves to others' eyes, to yeah. others' emotions. How did what you say hurt someone? Right. Why did they take it so offensively? Gosh, I don't know. Well, 
until you can really see that or feel that and know that, mm-hmm. we can't grow past moments. <laughs> well, and, and I think, too, that brings up perception. Because yeah. perception is not reality. You know, the way that you perceive something and the way that I perceive something may be totally different, even though we're both at the same place experiencing the same thing at the same, same, moment. same moment. Yes, yes. That's because of our history, because of our own set of personal experiences. And and I think the sad thing about, you know, perception is that you're basing it on what happened yesterday or last year or your interpretation of a similar type of event that may have occurred 10 years ago. And if it was negative, you drag that negativity into a new, totally different event, but somehow it is reminiscent of, you know, the old and I think people tend to not always understand the difference in my perception and your perception. Yeah. You know, and it's sad because it's all part of your past. Your perception yeah. is built on your past. Yeah, and the very word perspective has to do with spectrums, you know. So it's like from what spectrum are you look, which lens and, and how are you looking at this moment? Yeah. Are you looking at this moment truly from the place where you're allowing source, self, spirit, and your identification with self in the moment to be reflective? Or are you coming from a spectrum of lens that is hurt, mm-hmm. right. disappointed, excited, greedy, right. mind, mind, no, I have to control it. She's mine. You know, so from those perspectives, we, we, we look at life and we look at life from those lenses and it's yeah. difficult to really then, and from what, as you're saying, your perspective, my perspective, and I, I use that to someone else to say, we're all on the earth and it's spinning on its own axis. We look up and we see a blue sky and we have a sun shining over our heads. Right. We all see that. We all accept, okay, yeah, it's, it's spinning. Yeah. Right, there's this light, <laughs> and the, the, we said, Well, this is reality. This, well, what's wrong with you? Dude, this is the moment, this is life right now. Take it, own it, conquer it. And like, okay, but it's a, it's a dream, it's a dream within a dream, and a, in that dream, it's only from a spectrum of your own consciousness and state, right? So, what are you talking about? Well, okay, let's look at the blue sky, let's look at the clouds and the sun. That's yeah. an illusion. Come on, man. That's reality. Like, <laughs> the reality is there is darkness and there's light. And those lights shimmer like diamonds across yeah. the night sky. And that is the universe. Yes. And that is constant. Yes. Your spectrum of rotation upon the Earth's axis is an illusion. Yep. Yep. And yep, yep. Like, no, that's not real. You're crazy. Like, the day exists and it must be there. Like, okay, well, now <laughs> that to the other side of the earth is not seeing that, and has she see the constellations and can see and they don't go away, they don't disappear when you go into the daylight. You right, just don't see that. Right, and you know it makes me, it puts me just listening to you talk about that. I always think about. It's amazing to me. People a lot of times don't realize that we are all connected you know, to one source, one, whether you want to call it universal energy, whether you want to call it God, no matter what you want to call it, everyone is here, you know, 
and we're all connected by the same energy because you have for every thing that happens, you know, you have the equal and opposite action and reaction, right? Yes. So people tend to not look at, and this goes back to defining your purpose and your passion. People tend to not really think about, like you said, how their actions affect others, but it's all interrelated and it's all domino effect all the time, you know, and it can be something as small as just, you know, picking up something off the ground that someone left behind or a feather a bird left or whatever, you know, because we're all interconnected and people have a hard time. I think understanding that it's all energy and we're all made out of this wonderful energy that has just no limit except the limit that we put on ourselves mentally or emotionally. And I think a lot of times people miss their purpose because of that too. Well, you're absolutely right. And, you know, with that, I'd like, this is why I chose to identify that you're referring to that we all are part of is the ocean of consciousness. And that's why sometimes I say, okay, I'll, I'll look. Lana, let me pull you further out to sea. Come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> like every time you say so, okay, okay we're going to go deeper. Here, we're going to go deeper. <laughs> and it's exciting for me to like, okay, she's swimming and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's awesome. But um, no, it's such a pivotal transformational moment for an individual to come to that point in place of understanding of themselves because what came to my mind as you were saying that was, you know, a very easy analogy, but also brings it full circle to the beginning of our conversation was, I'm going to use myself as an example, being a child and childhood memories. Mm-hmm. How much of what I endured into my teenage years and my young adulthood where I had to make decisions on life and what I wanted to go and what I wanted to be was shaped, formed for me by others who set the rules or who set the law and order of the day. Mm -hmm. And how much did they think was conscious of this insulting words that I'm saying to this young child right now will affect him in the future. This way of me putting someone down to try to force them to be stronger, force them to lose weight, force them to look pretty. All of these words that are put down to children or at the younger age bracket, the person that is doing it is usually coming from a place of hurt themselves that they don't know how to identify with. And right. so they, they have rage, they have anger, they, some are, are bitter, some are sarcastic, some are insulting, and they just don't know how to be kind. And, and, but what I'm saying is in that moment of them just being lost to themselves with no guidance to how to find self, they are in charge of children and then they hurt the children. Not yeah. sometimes physically, yes, but in many ways, psychologically and emotionally for the rest of their lives. So they're yeah, I, 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 the young person's reality and the child doesn't have an, op- op- an opinion to it because you know, they're subjective until they get old enough to that. That wasn't quite right. And that, what I, oh, I'm saying this because I learned that from that person. I'm saying it because that person did that. And how much of it is balanced? How much of it is ethical, moral, or, or right on a path which allows us to go and expand within self? And then you look at it then full circle from that child becoming an adult and how much were they able to deal with that? go from it or how much of that has still affected them to which they insult their wives or their spouses or 
you know, how much they, they're not able to blend with society sometimes. Right. I think you're right. That I personally, and, you know, I've not experienced physical abuse, but I think to me that emotional abuse is probably, because that's one of those things that really tends to stick with people. Words sometimes cut worse than daggers or knobs. Yeah. You carry that in your baggage. You know, wounds can heal physical wounds, but sometimes it's hard to heal the soul. You know, you know, very much so. And then that's what I was like trying to refer, like it kind of brings like bring back the full circle because it's like when we talked about saying, oh, I can't get muddy, I can't get dirty. It's like, you know, everyone does, <laughs> you know, um, we, <laughs> we all live. So it's like the, there are certain dirt and grime that comes over from your life and mm-hmm. You don't know how to cleanse yourself of that. You right. bring and give it to someone else. So you yeah, start a new relationship and you haven't healed from the last one or you haven't healed from just something else. All of a sudden, you're trying to love someone, but you're not really whole or complete or you're not the best version of you that you can be to really be a sunshine to, to them. Right. And if something happens in that relationship, what surfaces or the emotion that chooses to represent is one that is from a hurt place some somewhere and something else that you just never dealt with. There's so many people out there like that and don't want to generalize it, but meaning because some are worse than others, some are not conscious, some are actually do it deliberately, you know, into that narcissistic thinking where some people just love controlling other people and and playing and manipulation. Manipulation. That's, that's what I was sitting here thinking. Manipulation's awful. (laughs) Yeah, no. And so that's, that's difficult. And especially when some people have been doing it all their lives. Mm Mm-hmm. As a woman, if you're in a, in a marriage where you're not allowed to have your own bank account, you're not allowed to have a car in your name, you're not allowed to have, a, you know, you're not allowed to have power, wow. freedom, and so forth like that. What does that do? How, how does that, you know, affect you? Yeah. And so when I talk about that relationship, like you're trying to understand the mindset that someone had to endure something like that, you know? Right. Yeah, I can't imagine that. That would be very difficult. I mean, we all struggle at our own level, but that's, wow, (laughs) that's tough. I mean, it's not unheard of. I live in the South and believe me, (laughs) it's not unheard of. (laughs) So again, teachable moments are pulling me deeper into the ocean with me. You know, this is what Dr. Martin was referring to. We all talk about the world evolving and becoming scientifically sophisticated and able to grow. But we as one-to-one, heart-to-heart as people and then as communities, families, and nations, these are the conversations that we're not comfortable having and with ourselves or as a whole to be able to consciously expand together and grow. And I think part of that being behind that is for manipulation. Because if you can get away from certain mindsets, you know, people in that maybe control certain parts of your life don't like that because then they're not in control anymore. You're in control of yourself. Yeah. And so, and then I was using a different uh, analogy that day for what you were just saying, but it's like, it comes full circle to, we, we are able to close our eyes, take a deep breath and connect 
to source. We are able to go then into that realm that, like you said, where we're all connected to the same thing. Absolutely. That same stream that is universal love, universal strength, universal creative life. And in this world, in reality, we have then systems. We have governmental system, financial system, religious systems, social systems, which then run them by either the church or those in charge in different places. But in specifically the religious systems, we have where people are then telling us that they are the buffer to us in And we cannot get to have a commune with source unless by their book, by their way, by their will. And unless you're referring to the heroic character within their text, then you're off cue of reality and that's difficult. I mean, like remember you and I talked when I was in Georgia of how, you know, when I was driving through, I said, yeah, well, living in the Bible Belt. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so that's what was all different for me too, coming out to the east side and especially the south, because here in, in the west, I didn't understand that free thinking until I got there, but it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking the way I do, in the South is dangerous because people say that boy should be locked up. I'm telling you, he's probably do sit from there. But it's real. It's like no one should have the rights to tell you how you can relate yourself to source or what that experience should be like or when you're allowed to do it or how you should be able to do that. And that's the ocean of consciousness. How you relate to source and, and, and how you then come back into self and relate with the world it's not up to another to decide. Right. Yeah, and I think that's one thing with traditional religions. You know, there's that putting people in control of your relationship with source. And, you know, I, I don't know how that can ever be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, everybody needs teachers. I have no problem with you know, people teaching and leading the way, but I don't think, you know, again, we're all part of the one big infinite chunk of energy. And to say that you're required to have a mediator between that, you know, and this is my personal thing, you know, I I think people can meditate, they can pray, they can do all these different things, but their relationship with, you know, the source, with the universe, is between them and the universe, them and the source, them and God, however you choose to do yeah, it. You say, even if you say with God, because, you know, even Jesus in the Bible never told anyone to call him God or follow him. He said, my father, right. I will lead it to my father. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't, he said, I'm just a messenger. It's really, it's really the teachings of my father that I am showing you that you are also capable of. Yes, the Absolutely. whole unity is within you. You are the, the momentum, transformational, creative force of life in time. So in spectrum of time and space, in this moment, that is Christ. That is the light of evolution within. That's why I call it light health as hope. We can all achieve it if we are willing to find it. That is the complexities of mind and man and emotions that are complicated. And those are the conversations that man is not seeking to have. Right. Absolutely. 
But, you know, so I think it's beautiful that you swim out into the ocean with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's beautiful you swim out into the ocean, too. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, and so that's what I was trying to say. There's no format to this. It's just a conversation, but it all depends on how comfortable you are going deeper or talking about anything. And because everything really then comes back to, like we say, spectrum, perspective of how and where we are all at individually, and it's never going to be the same place. But that we're all brave enough and courageous enough then to, to take a deep breath and be willing to make a transformation. And that transformation begins with willing to swim out into the ocean of consciousness with self. No one can really do it for you. I can only be a guide to assist. And sometimes like in this conversation, I can pull you in different places. So I can take you out certain places of mind and consciousness that you might not go by yourself or with someone else. And right. <laughs> And I tell you, if we ever have the opportunity, I would love to talk about persistence or perseverance, because I think that is a missing key for a lot of people. No, but so we we can do that now if you have the time to stay with it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful next evolution of what it is, because not many people stay with the course once they recognize it. Yeah. Start and and life becomes like you said, life becomes too much and that moment becomes overwhelming and everything else happens, but the persistence to do what is right for you by you, for some reason we're I think we are all too easy to put ourselves last and and put others first. Oh absolutely. Whether it be kids or spouses or employers, you know, governments. We give that control and power away too easy. Mm-hmm. And assistance really begins with the breath of life. If you struggle, and I hope I don't be offensive, but if you struggle from the sperm to get to the egg first, and if you see right. nine months transformation, that's a blessing. And if you come into the light and you take a breath of light and you see that light on the like say we all on the same sun, you transition, and that is persistence of the greatest. So that's why anything you look at a transformation of life, it's always best to look at it as a nine month endeavor. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> or three months, you break it into three segments of three months, you know, and they start looking into seven day, 20, you start breaking it down into terms, but it really has to do with the birthing of life. And as a mother, you can understand that transformation of the moment you knew you had that with life within you and, and you're right. that forth. That's persistence of not just you protecting, but also that life saying, I am Macy, I have a way. <laughs> you know? You know, she knew she was who she was coming into you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the greatest persistence, but now it gets taken away from us. And mm-hmm. sometimes we give it away. That, and yeah, so we can talk about it. Just ask questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that would be a good conversation to have on another day. I would love that. I was going to say, I'd love to have you back at some point. And I wanted you to get a sense of what it was like to swim in the ocean with me here. And so you can see if it's, yeah, you'd like to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Anna, it was great having you and I totally enjoyed our conversation and our time. And like I said, there's so much more we can talk about. So let's try to see if we can set another time. That sounds great. And thank you for having me. I always enjoy speaking with you. (laughs) So do I, so do I. Like minds are a good thing. Yes, they are, isn't it? <laughs> to end on a Napoleon Hill note, it brings us back to full circle to what you were talking about earlier, with we're all on that same connection, and that's what he yeah. has to mind. 
um, and we all have to achieve that, but we're all capable of achieving it with, with others that can be there for us in that moment to help us go beyond where we think we're incapable of going to, where we have to be able to connect to the mastermind and let that find, help us find each other like you and I found each other. And, you know, we find other people we can connect and we found each other connected to Sharon Lecter. Right. And, and I'm just a firm believer in things happen for reasons and you're guided to the people that you need to have in your circle, you know. And it's important to have a circle as well, you know. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And I, and I know that found, we all have a place in someone's circle. Yes. And that's what we need to make sure our circles are the right circles that are supportive of our purpose. And our growth, yeah. Not just our purpose, I think, but we also like our growth. Like you said, you know, like minds will attract. And if we attract mm-hmm. people, we, that's where the mastermind is formed and then we can achieve great things together. But in that process, we help each other to grow into who we are always wanting or needing to be. And that's, I guess, where I joke with Macy in the nine months and that she was already coming into her being yeah. even right. before she came into the being with you. And mm-hmm. uh, you can look at her now, like going go and get her license and getting a car and make, Oh my gosh. Oh, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she'll, she'll, she'll look at you and she'll be like, mom, why are you looking at me? And I stop. <laughs> but she'll never in that moment reflect to, until one day she will, she'll have her own, but the joy you look and say, Oh my gosh. I remember when she first tickled my tummy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's beautiful. It's life. It is. It is. Well, again, I totally enjoyed talking with you. I know it's not some time out of your day, but I really thank you. And it was great swimming the ocean of consciousness here with you. And I hope to see you again soon. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you, Alana. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Swimming in the Ocean of Consciousness podcast. It was truly a pleasure to be your guide. Please do join us next time for another eye-opening episode. Until then, please remember to thread water lightly and always be kind and loving to self.